This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com patriotic music. Good morning. It is Friday. It's the 10th day of November 2023. And today is the Marine Corps' birthday. I am delighted to share in the festivities with you today here on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. We are always on air, always online. I am your humble host, Mike Parrott, and I am broadcasting from the heart of America. This is Parrot Talk. Every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. All right. Uh, Many of you know that I have complicated feelings about the state of our nation and especially the state of our Marine Corps. I do. I just do. I have complicated uh, emotions about it. It's taken some time for me to unpack those things um, and unwind them and and really understand them. And it's been, you know, it, some of that has actually happened on this radio show. Um, I've been with you guys on and off. I mean, the, the King Dude has let me come on in and fill in on the big microphone several times over the last few years. Um, here today, I think this is our hundred and almost our hundred and fiftieth show together this year alone. And look, I, I as I have looked back as first from the inside and then uh, as an outsider being cast aside from the Marine Corps, I look back on it with a fondness and and it's a bereavement. You know, it's a it's a uh, it is a sad state of affairs it's it's a loss it is a loss of someone of something that you loved someone that you loved i mean that's the only way to describe uh my relationship 
to the Marine Corps. So some of you don't know what happened, and I'll get to that here in this segment. I'll tell you the whole story, but I have to start with uh, the fact that when I first entered the Marine Corps, when I first began to be affiliated with it, this was uh, just after the invasion in Iraq. Um, In 2003, I entered uh, reserve officer training uh, in Texas, ROTC. And I would spend the next four years preparing uh, to take a commission as an officer into the United States Marine Corps. Uh, I would spend summers training. I went to officer candidate school in Quantico, Virginia. That was a Extremely challenging, but fun uh, way to spend a summer. (laughs) Uh, Took military science classes, naval science classes, for years uh, in all manner of things. You know, land navigation and marksmanship and um, basically kind of glamorized camping and on, on some of the stuff that we would do. We just would go camping, but call it going to the field. Um, tactical decision games and uh, and those types of things. So upon graduation from school, I did. I took a commission, became a lieutenant, and went back to Quantico, this time for, uh, they call it the basic school, the basic officer course. And in the Marine Corps, uh, this is a little bit different from the other services. The Marine Corps treats every single officer as a Provisional Rifle Platoon Commander. Every lieutenant, if needed, can command a rifle platoon in combat. So everybody speaks the same language. It doesn't matter if you're destined to be a JAG officer, a lawyer, or a pilot, or a logistics officer, or communications, or an intelligence. It doesn't matter what your final uh, specialty is going to be. Every Marine is a rifleman. And every Marine officer is a provisional rifle platoon commander. And so for six months of really grueling training, um, we second lieutenants together in a whole platoon of us, I think uh, there were 40-something of us together in one platoon, and then there were at least six platoons together. So we had a huge group of officers, Delta Company, We went through the spring and the summer and the fall together in Quantico, Virginia. Uh, We would live outside for weeks on end, um, either practicing defensive formations dug in, offensive operations going back and forth between the two. We we learned uh, mounted operations, uh, dismounted operations, Operations in urban environments, in non-urban environments. Uh, we even uh, we even boarded naval vessels and came from ship to shore. Practiced doing that. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of information to take in. Several injuries. Some people didn't even make it through uh, through all of that. Even though they had become officers, they ended up being dismissed even from that pool and then at the end of the 
six months, we were given our specialty assignments. So mine required me to remain in Quantico for another extended period of time. So I ended up spending a lot more time in Quantico, Virginia to receive my follow-on specialty training. And I, I, I got to visit the nation's capital and the Marine Corps' very uh, illustrious and storied museum, which at the time was pretty new, in Triangle, Virginia. And as a young man and a newlywed with a child on the way, uh, in fact, my first child was born there during that uh, period of, tr of specialty training. In that time of my life, I started thinking about what it meant to be, you know, patriotic and to serve the nation. And we also still had in, in living memory at that time a Marine Corps whose customs and courtesies had not yet fully been infiltrated or defiled by the state of the world. It was almost like going back in time. It was a time warp being inside the Marine Corps, especially in Quantico, Virginia, which is where the whole thing is headquartered. Although women were not required, the wives were not required to wear dresses and skirts and gloves to go to the commissary, which is the grocery store, there were people around who still remembered a time when that was the case. It was still in living memory, and there was an echo of, the, of that etiquette in the Marine Corps at that time. I can remember that my wife was required, as were all the lieutenant's wives, uh, about a third of us were married, or, uh, or maybe less than a third, but maybe about a, four, a quarter of us were married. So about a quarter of the young officers who had wives had to send their wives to etiquette training with the colonel's wife. Whereupon she, the colonel's wife, provided training on the do's and don'ts of a officer's wife. How you are to dress, not dress, how, when and where it's appropriate to wear certain things. For example, a, an officer's wife would not wear gym clothes on base. She would not go to the grocery store or to the gas station or to the exchange in gym clothes. Well, today, athleisure is just what everybody wears. A, an officer was forbidden from even wearing denim. We could not wear jeans. Jeans were a forbidden fabric for the duration of officer candidate school and for the duration of the basic officer training program. You would not find a lieutenant or a captain in jeans. It was leather shoes, khaki pants, button-down shirt, tucked in, decorum. I, that's no longer the case today. That's not in force at all. There uh, are no, there are no, practically no etiquette rules in the Marine Corps today. 
I, I, I went to, uh, to our nation's capital and to Quantico a year ago. Some of you know the reason why. It was a year ago um, last month. I was brought there, or I was requested to be there, and I paid my own way. I came on my own dime. I didn't want to be under orders. I didn't want the Marine Corps paying for my flight. I didn't want them having any leverage over me whatsoever. I came on my own volition to testify under oath in an administrative proceeding which had been launched by Christine Niles of Church Militant. She admitted to this under oath. She found the time in her busy schedule not only to file a formal complaint with the United States Marine Corps, alleging that I did not fit in with the standards of conduct of the Marine Corps of 2022, or at the time, 2021, when she filed the complaint. Because the Marine Corps of 2021, that's just two years ago, had changed completely from the version of the Marine Corps that I experienced. When I tell you, and I'm not an old guy, you know this about me, but when I experienced a Marine Corps in which you were expected to be married by a certain age, you were expected to be loyal to your wife, divorce was frowned upon, your wife, as an officer's wife, represented you and the Marine Corps at all times. There was a level of dignity and don't ask, don't tell was in full effect. Gays were not allowed to openly serve in the Marine Corps. Women were forbidden from combat roles. Combat units were all men. The Marine Corps at that time was rotating units in and out of Afghanistan and Iraq. We didn't have time to play politics with gender ideology or with critical race theory. What we had time to do was learn how to fight in the desert, in the streets, against an enemy that didn't wear a uniform or use traditional military tactics. That's what we had time to do, and that's what we were focused on. Well, 15 years later, the Marine Corps changed. The war's wound down, the political leadership drastically changed, eight years of the Obama administration, four years of the Trump administration, and then the Biden regime. It has had a devastating effect on your United States Marine Corps, and today, your United States Marine Corps cares deeply about placing women in harm's way aborting as many children as possible and paying for it. Putting transgender units into combat roles. Making sure that as many open homosexuals are serving with pride as possible. 
And Christine Niles of Church Militant knows all of these things. She personally authored stories about the change to military culture over these last 10 years. And then she testified under oath that she had no idea what church militant's position was with regards to the United States military. She committed perjury under oath. The main thrust of her testimony was that I am unfit to serve in the Marine Corps because I am a Catholic. She gathered a cabal of two other witnesses, both civilians, one, a member of Antifa, an actual publicly declared member of Antifa, and the other, a Jew, who hates me for various reasons. And Christine Niles gathered this team of expert witnesses and dispatched them upon me for a full year. The United States Marine Corps compiled a secret dossier about yours truly. I was under active investigation for a full year, and there was a 600-page dossier which was a compilation of Christine Niles' testimonies and whatever aggrieved people online she could find who would agree that being a Catholic in the United States Marine Corps is an impossibility in 2021 and in 2022. The whole thing was practically written by Christine herself. This was her side project. The prosecuting attorney, a young captain, just doing his duty. I I actually thanked him afterwards. I shook his hand and said, you did a good job, son. He had to call me sir because I outranked him in in the proceeding, which is a little weird being prosecuted by a junior officer. Nevertheless, he did admit to me that, that this was a Christine Niles crusade, that she had been extremely helpful to his case, that she had basically written his arguments for him, that she had compiled all of his so-called evidence. She not only provided written testimony, but she testified herself. And there are recordings of, the, of that testimony that are available online. They're out there. I think I, I counted this, I don't know, when, when it mattered to me a year ago. I think I counted 12 times in which she committed perjury or just outright lied while she was under oath. And she made some really shocking admissions. Because whereas she portrayed in the public especially on Twitter. She said, I didn't start this. Someone else did. She admitted under oath that she did start it. I'm I'm not trying to get Mike fired out of the Marine Corps. She admitted that that's exactly what she was trying to do. The administrative proceeding was undertaken by three colonels. 
And um, I believe two of them were reserve officers and one was active duty. One of the reserve officers was a radical feminist woman who uh, is a creature of the swamp. She is a defense contractor in real life. And then on some weekends, she dresses up and pretends to be a colonel. She plays dress up on the weekends. She is the author of a new Marine Corps regulation against online bullying and harassment. She wrote the rules under which Christine Niles of Church Militant was trying to get me prosecuted. It is highly unusual that the person who writes the rules also sits in judgment of those rules. For that reason alone, the legitimacy of the administrative proceeding was called into question. But nevertheless, we decided to proceed. I decided to proceed because I just wanted this over with. It was clear to me that the Marine Corps had a certain outcome that they were going for here and that there was no way to have justice on that day. Justice will have to wait, and it will come. There are lots of ways to continue this battle, uh, you know, if I have the this, this stomach for it, really, or the will to continue to persevere. But there are lots of administrative ways to continue, and then if we have to, we can go into federal court. During the course of the testimony, uh, the sort of star witness, besides Christine Niles, who was the star witness, the government called several other witnesses. A lot of them didn't show up. What was stunning to me was that none of the witnesses were Marines. None of the witnesses were anybody who had a problem with my leadership or who had ever alleged anything against me. In 15 years of service in, in uniform to our nation, in harm's way and in peace, I have never once had a complaint filed by anyone for any reason. If you were to allege on the day of the administrative hearing that I, w- that I was sexist, you would have no evidence of that. In fact, you would find that I have written commendation medals and uh, actively promoted, ahead of their peers, several women Marines. If you had alleged that I was racist on the day of the administrative proceeding, there would be no evidence of that. There wasn't a, there wasn't a black or brown Marine to be found who would substantiate such a claim. Nevertheless, that didn't stop Christine Niles from making those allegations, and it didn't stop the woke colonels, political appointees, swamp creatures who are defense contractors just like Nikki Haley, enriching themselves by sending young men and women to die. It didn't stop Colonel Teresa Terrio 
who was wearing a mask in 2021. 2022! October of 2022, this woman's wearing a mask. You know where Terrio stood on things, right? So-called colonel. It didn't stop her from believing because women are supposed to be believed. And you'll never guess. When the Marine Corps decides to investigate you, when, they, when, it, when the command assigns an investigating officer, it usually has to be someone who outranks you. Or at least someone of your same rank. Would you believe that the Marine Corps somehow found a Lutheran woman to, who worked side by side for a year with Christine Niles on compiling all of this damning evidence against me. And what was the damning evidence? What was the damning evidence, you ask? Well, it was the fact that I have a Catholic podcast called Restoring the Faith Media, and that the Catholic podcast opposes the New World Order agenda and supports traditional ways of life, traditional marriage, traditional childbirth, traditional child-rearing, etc. In other words, that the Catholic podcast supports the culture of the Marine Corps that I joined. When I put up my hand and I swore an oath more than 15 years ago, I joined a Marine Corps that did stand for those things. As my Southern Baptist attorney, who did a fantastic job, and he really cared about my case, as he would argue in this administrative proceeding, the morality of the Marine Corps changed. I didn't change. The Marine Corps changed. And he successfully argued this. Even got to the point where the Head of the board, the active duty full bird colonel, agreed with them. Said, you're right, it did change. Christine Niles, in her viciousness, her vindictiveness, her, uh, her, her quest to cancel yours truly, it wasn't enough that she blackmailed me in my day job, that she threatened to dox me, and then she did dox me. It wasn't enough that she hacked my computer. It wasn't enough that she stalked me and sent farms and farms of trolls after me. It wasn't enough that she went so far back as to try to find out what, where my bachelor party was and tweet about it. Or that they trumped up fake allegations online. It wasn't enough that she went to the federal attorneys and asked them to prosecute me for fraud they looked into it they were like there's no fraud here christine go away it wasn't enough that she filed criminal complaints with the with the fbi and with local law enforcement and state law enforcement in two states it wasn't enough that she did those things that she then blackmailed my business partners and said if you don't fire him we're going to expose you well, you know what? My business partners were working with Mel Gibson at the time, and they were really afraid of losing that deal. 
They were trying to work on a project with Mel. And they said, you know what? I was already on set with them. They said, hey, Mike, why don't you just lay low for a little bit? Lay low turned into, you're never coming back and we'll never see you again. I don't blame them. Sometimes you have to do what's right for the business. Other times you have to do what's right for your friends. But Michael Voris, whose childhood nickname was Gary the Fairy, and Christine Niles, who herself has a criminal record that she doesn't want you to know about. It's actually a pretty, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty lengthy record. If you know what you're searching for and where to search, you're going to find multiple, multiple uh, interesting things. But I've never released those things about her. She knows I have it. I'm holding on to it. Um, they, they, were, they were so obsessed with canceling me because I didn't ask permission to defend an accused priest. I didn't ask their permission to raise money for a man who is innocent until proven guilty by a court of law. And still, this man, years later, has not been proven guilty by a court of law. A jury of his peers has never cast judgment upon him. The evidence has never been shown to a jury or a judge. But I defied the great Michael Voris at the pinnacle of his power when he thought that he should rule the American Catholic Church. He is now struggling for his professional life. After spending more than a million dollars in a frivolous lawsuit against me, they are on the verge of collapse. Several months ago, they released more than a third of their workforce, laid them off. This week, they're doing the same. Eventually, they will announce it, or someone will announce it, but I already know that it's happened and happening. Your Marine Corps celebrates her birthday today. It's your Marine Corps. It's not my Marine Corps. It's yours. She exists to serve you. Our illustrious Marine Corps. She is your first call, your 911 force in readiness. Your Marine Corps is not ready. She is suffering right now. She's not ready to fight. She is more focused on jabs and sodomy and abortion and trans rights than anything else. Barely hitting the recruiting numbers. Struggling with retention. Struggling with a new identity. What does she stand for, this Marine Corps of yours? She doesn't seem to know. 
And frankly, I don't have the answer either. I really don't. But this all started because I refused to take the COVID vaccine. That's how this ultimately started. The COVID mandate came out and I said, hey guys, you know what? I'm good. And the way the reserves works is if you're not obligated to serve in the reserves, you can just say, hey, I, I quit. It's pretty corporate. It's not like active duty. You don't quit on active duty. If you quit, you go to jail. But in the reserves, if you're not obligated, if you're just doing it for the love of doing it, which I was, if something if they ask you to if they ask you to do something like take a vaccine that you don't want to take, you just say, "No, thank you. I'm just going to leave now. I'll go wait this out in the inactive ready reserve." It's a one piece of paper that drops you from a Drilling reserve status to a non-drilling inactive ready reserve status. One routine piece of paper that I submitted in February of 2021. Well, I made a mistake. Call it naivete. But I made a huge mistake. Your Marine Corps portrayed that there was an administrative process to object to the COVID-19 vaccine. In fact, you could go get a chaplain to sign off saying that you had a deeply held religious conviction which prevented you from taking the vaccine. So I did that. At first, it was denied, but then there was an appeal process. So, I did that too. It was denied on the grounds that there was this famous priest who portrayed himself as an expert. His name is Matthew Schneider. Matthew Schneider wrote articles about how Catholics can and should, in fact, must take the COVID vaccines. Matthew Schneider's articles have been debunked effectively by Dr. Paul Casey and others. Nevertheless, Schneider's body of work was cited by the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps said, you can't object to this. Your own priests are saying you must take it. Francis the Merciful said you must take it. Archbishop Nauman, the pro-life czar in Kansas, says you must take it. So I readied my appeal and submitted a very lengthy, including Paul Casey's articles, to refute this error. And I not only appealed to the you know, to the pro-life nature of not taking the vaccine, but also the emerging evidence of damage, harm to self. In other words, the risk to my body is a Catholic concern. You don't 
You don't risk your life and limb for no reason. You just can't do that. Your body is a gift. It is a temple. So I submitted a very well-argued, iron-tight appeal. I went to the highest levels of the chaplaincy in the Marine Corps. I got the highest-ranking Catholic priest in the Marine Corps. A he's he's a, he's a he's a naval officer with the rank of general. I got the Bishop of the Armed Forces to personally endorse my appeal. He said, Mike Parrott met with me, and I did. Happened to cross paths with him on a film venture, fundraising, etc. And I said, Father, Admiral, I need your help. And he wrote a letter saying that he met with me. This is the highest ranking Catholic in the Marine Corps, in the, na- in the, in the Navy, okay? Personally endorsed my appeal. I should never have done that, ladies and gentlemen. I should never have believed that there was an appeal process. A federal court in Florida would later find that the Marine Corps ran a sham appeal process. That not one single Christian was granted an exclusion from the COVID-1984 vaccine. Not one. When that happened, I became a member of a protected class. A protected class is a defined segment of people who meet certain criteria. Those criteria were... You had to be in the Marine Corps. You had to have submitted a religious accommodation to the COVID vaccine, and that religious accommodation had to be denied. I became a protected class member. Oh, guess what? You can't make me take the shot. Federal court in Florida shut you down. Woo, I won, right? I lost. That's the day that I lost because then the Marine Corps, in her vindictiveness said, these people in this protected class, we are going to find something else to go after them for. And the intersection of that vindictiveness with the viciousness and the callousness of Christine Niles, the perjuring liar from Church Militant, that intersection happened. And that is ultimately... This was a shadow COVID case. That's why Therese Terrio was wearing a mask when she sat in judgment upon me, having allegedly violated the same rule that she herself wrote. Namely, that you are not allowed, even in your free time, as a non-drilling reservist, under a pseudo name to oppose sodomy. You, if you oppose sodomy, if your LLC, Restoring the Faith Media LLC, opposes sodomy, Christine Niles and 
Teresa Terrio will be there to make sure that you suffer the consequences. How do I, years later, looking back at all of this, feel about our nation's fighting force and readiness? Well, I feel a tinge of sadness. I really do. I do. I, metaphorically, I suppose, weep for the Marine Corps. I weep for what she was. I weep for what she had aspired to be. But I hope, ladies and gentlemen, I hope for a day when she returns to her former splendor and that day may yet come. And I will always love my dearly beloved Marine Corps, and I hope that you will too. Thank you so much for listening to this. I'm sorry I didn't take a commercial break. I'm sorry I just... I missed a lot of cues. I wanted you to have this story, and I wanted you to love the Marine Corps the way that I do. To love something means to to will the good of the beloved. It means to will the good of the beloved. Incidentally, I understand that today is also the anniversary of the station. And that means the world to me as well. Today, we commemorate the sixth year of the Crusade Channel. I believe it's the sixth year. And things are popping, ladies and gentlemen. Things are growing. Things are moving in the right direction. And it is an honor to be just a an observer, an insider, uh, a supporting actor uh, in in this uh, in this production, it has been great to be with you so far this year. I met many of you down in Louisiana earlier in the year, and I do so look forward to meeting more of you in person. And I am in your debt and grateful that you would listen to this podcast, this radio show, every single day. This is Parrot Talk signing off. This is the Crusade Channel. It's always on air. It's always online. It's live talk radio the way it should be. And I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Thank a veteran this weekend. You know, November 11th commemorates the end of the war to end all wars. The end of World War I. That's where Veterans Day comes from. Armistice Day. And um, things have changed in our society, in our culture. Things have definitely changed in these last hundred plus years since the end of World War I. And things will continue to change. And maybe, perhaps, God willing, through His grace alone, and perhaps with divine intervention, things may change for the better. So, we can hope for that. We can plan for that. And I hope you have wonderful Veterans Day plans this weekend. Thank a veteran and say happy birthday to a fellow Crusade channel member and happy birthday to a Marine. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you on Monday. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com